Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noah. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckens. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. A bit of an expanded version. Why am I hearing a new stuff they don't want you to know episode on Monday, you may be asking yourself. That is because, uh, Paul, maybe if we could get a, a sound cue here, something dramatic building anticipation perfect stuff they don't want you to know is officially going to be coming to you every single day of the week until we go crazy until we get disappeared black bagged etc don't worry we'll still have the same deep dive episodes you know and love on wednesdays and fridays however we're going to add some things to the week this is our first iteration of what we're calling strange news so now uh, with the help of my collaborators co-conspirators, the esteemed Noel Brown and Matt Frederick, we are uh, resurrecting, revising, grittily rebooting Strange News Daily into Strange 
news. We sure hope you like it. We've worked pretty hard on it, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it coming out uh, every Monday. That's our plan right now, right? Totally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm certainly excited about it, and I really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in for the first installment. And just to give a little bit of context, what's going to happen here in these episodes, each of us is coming to the table with a, a new story that we found to be intriguing or weird or strange in some way, and we're going to essentially bring it up, and then we'll all discuss it. And all three of us are going to get that chance, and at the end, you have to vote for whose is the weirdest. No, I'm just joking. That's not a part of it. But we'd totally accept any messages saying, hey, yours was the weirdest or yours was the whatever. We're, we're interested in what you think about all these stories. Okay. Uh, so without further ado, I, I think I have the the uh, uh, honor of, of, of being the first to the table today with an article um, from the National Review um, by Kareen Hajar, um, and the headline is U.S. considers TikTok ban as Chinese threat to global internet freedom grows. There's a lot to unpack here. I only just recently found out about this and, and had to to hear more. TikTok, as as many folks know, I know because my kid was on it when it was called Music.ly or Musically. It's sort of like, a, like an app that um, is, I guess, the new answer to Vine in the vacuum where Vine was, where people were making short little videos, whether, you know, showcasing kind of dance routines um, or little comedy sketches or what have you. Uh, the thing about TikTok is a lot of it is meant to be lip synced to and people copy each other's dances or bits or, you know, lip syncs or whatever. And it's really gone absolutely bonkers since um, quarantine. People that would have been, you know, totally ragging on a service like this or an app like this or would never in a million years think they'd be on it are all over it. Um, and it has really taken the internet by storm. I think I read it's been downloaded like more than a billion times or something insane like that. Uh, but as it turns out, um, it is uh, owned and operated by a, a Chinese company by the name of ByteDance um, that has as many corporations in China do, very close ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and in a recent interview on Fox News, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo indicated that the United States is certainly looking at banning outright TikTok. State Department already forbids it to be downloaded on any you know government-issued phones, um, and it's really causing quite a stir. And the reason for this is that uh, the Chinese government is very well known for their kind of iron grip on the internet of China and the way users perceive it. So for a company like that to be so massive here in the United States, there are potential, you know, conflicts of interest there, I suppose is, is the term you would use. Um, I'm really interested to hear what you guys think about this. The idea that they could use this social media platform to stockpile data about users or even go a step further as far as spying on American citizens. Well, I, I'll jump in quickly here. Uh, ByteDance, by the way, B-Y-T-E-D-A-N-C-E, -E, if you want to look it up uh, for your own research. Um, it feels a lot like conversations that maybe I haven't looked at or heard news about in other countries when they're talking about, let's say, a service like Twitter or Facebook or some other social media that's a U.S.-based company where – you're you're imagining that this perhaps foreign government linked entity may be 
gathering all the information of all the users in your country that are downloading it. it it's interesting. It definitely feels like something that would be happening because we know a lot of these companies, especially social media companies that have apps attached to them where it's physically in a phone of an end user, that that, that user is being tracked in some way, shape, or form you know, on the surface, it's for advertising purposes, right? And it's for making money for that app to be able to sell that data to, to somebody else or to use it internally. Um, when thinking about it, of the United States having or thinking at least about attempting to put a stop to an app and its use within the United States because it is based in a foreign country, that, that to me is something brand new uh, of at least a something to think about. Yeah. There, so I, I had some uh, deep dives in this uh, earlier on, on the uh, original version of Strange News Daily. There's a lot to it. And I think in the West, we are maybe missing some stuff here. First, shout out to everybody who was listening to this, uh, this very important news and then said, why are we worried about TikTok? Facebook, the Alphabet Boys, and Google are already doing the same thing. And they're doing it all the time. That's true. But to your point, Noel, the difference here is that, legally speaking, the government of China has uh, much wider powers when it comes to retrieving information from a quote-unquote private venture. Uh, TikTok is... A uh, is definitely a potential security risk. I mean, imagine you're a diplomat, your two kids love TikTok because they do dance challenges. It's not hard to pull information and then sort of Kevin Bacon degrees of separation your way into what, uh, like diplomatic conversations. You just start pulling the spider webs and pulling the yarn. Uh, but he, But here's... Here's one thing that's interesting because, uh, you know, in the U.S., a lot of observers are saying that the White House or the current administration is behind banning TikTok partially because of a security concern, but partially because uh, the current president is angry about the effectiveness of TikTok activism when hundreds of thousands of K-pop fans started trolling uh, speaking events, right? Uh, reserving totally. seats. Yeah. So that, I mean, that definitely plays a part, but we have to remember uh, India banned TikTok. There's a hilarious story uh, this is in step, by the way, with uh, the border clashes between India and China, which very well may spark a regional war. Millions of people tuned in on TikTok to just watch this guy eat chicken wings. That's like all he did until the lights went out on, on TikTok. And now if, you, uh, if you're keeping track of the, the closures or the bans of TikTok, the U.S. military or the U.S. Army, excuse me, and the Navy have already banned service members from using TikTok, at least on their government phones. I think Wells Fargo banned it too. Uh, there's yep. there, Coast there's Guard. more to come. Coast Guard, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, Air uh, Force. Uh-huh, yep. And so now the question is, is the U.S. going to ban it entirely? And if so, if they do, what happens? Because uh, India pretty much soon after they banned TikTok, another, essentially a TikTok clone, that was native to India, rose in its place. I mean, wouldn't oh, that happen? 
Did not know about that. Ben, do you, do you see this as being in any way retali- retaliatory by the Trump administration, uh, like pointing fingers for, say, in their eyes, causing the current pandemic that we are involved in? And, mm. and also, you know, the way China often uh, kind of holds our feet to the fire economically. Is this kind of our way of of kind of clapping back a little bit? I mean, I... I could only speculate that that's a reasonable assumption. Like the main, the the main issue or the main question is: Is there seriously a security risk? And the answer is, of course, yes. Because not just because it's TikTok or it's ooh uh, in China, it's a security risk because it's a social media app. That's kind of why they exist. Each and every one, uh, each uh, sorry, the majority of popular social media apps are Trojan horses or have the potential to be such. Uh, but to your point about whether this is retaliatory, we have to remember that there is a uh, there's very much a cold war going on right now between China and the U.S. and it's taking place across the internet across the South China Sea in trade room talks everywhere. It's it's escalating. Absolutely. And, and, and also to, to your point, Ben, these bans, you know, within the military, branches of the military have been in place since last year, since December or January even. So any retali- retaliatory, you know, uh, implication would just be in, in making it larger scale, ba- banning it among, you know, my kid, for example, who would be crushed. That is her social media platform of choice. I'm not kidding. Like that is where she has the most followers and interacts with, you know, her cosplay friends. And it's a thing. Um, and, and it really is largely I think maybe some of the concern is coming from just the ballooning popularity of the app and and something I didn't realize is using something called shadow bands which uh, is something that's employed uh, in general by social media uh companies, um, for example, against sex workers. Oftentimes, sex workers are shadow banned because of their content. And rather than just being, you know, canceled or having their credentials revoked, their content just isn't reaching their followers. So it's a way to limit uh, who actually sees content that's being put out. And for example, there was some evidence that a user in 2019, um, uh, Faroza Aziz, had her account suspended after putting up a makeup tutorial that had some kind of um, almost uh, subconscious or sort of like secretly kind of veiled um, uh, criticisms of Chinese mass detention uh, of of the Uyghur Muslim population um, in Xinjiang province and also references to things like Tiananmen Square or the protests that are going on in Hong Kong. Also, uh, they have a way of kind of making sure that stuff doesn't filter uh, through even to U.S. users. One interesting thing to point out here with regards to TikTok's data is that the company says at least that the user data that it stores is not physically located in China and it is backed up elsewhere in Singapore, at least according to Wired. And uh, here's a quote here. Our data centers are located entirely outside of China and none of our data is subject to Chinese law. That's a company statement from TikTok. Um so, I mean, that's interesting alone there when you're thinking that the Chinese government, the Communist Party would have to go, uh, I don't know, to some lengths to get that information if they were attempting to use it for some nefarious purpose. Um, you know, who's to say TikTok doesn't, wouldn't have some kind of backroom deal with a, with a government or a company, but 
uh, ByteDance actually in the past has had some some issues with the Chinese government and the Communist Party in some other social media news apps that is created in the past. And the the CEO actually at one point had to make a public apology about the use of those apps, which is interesting to me. I don't know, but the, the quote is really telling. And, you know, it, it speaks to a lot of other things we've discussed on this show. I'm just going to say it right here. Uh, he says, the product has gone astray, posting content that goes against socialist core values. It's all on me. I accept all the punishment since it failed to direct public opinion in the right way. Whoa. Yeah, that's a question I had for you, Ben. I mean, if we take a like a real like sci-fi kind of dystopian approach to this, is this kind of infiltration with an app that catches on with the youth a way to spread communism abroad, a way to, you know, make uh, the, a new generation of American you know, kids okay with that? Is there the potential for indoctrination? Subtle ways, you know what I mean? I, I just wonder. I mean, and that, that's an interesting question, Noel, because it would be, uh, it would technically, I think, fall under the category of what's called soft diplomacy. Uh, that's a, a, a more physical example of that would be the Confucius Institutes that opened up around the world to familiarize uh, people with uh, the, what the Communist Party considers official Chinese culture. And we have to admit, Chinese culture is super cool. Just the history is amazing. Uh, but, um, but right now, the PRC globally is a little more concerned with domestic information control than they are with expansion of information globally or expansion of narrative globally. Uh, you'll see you'll see narrative expansion in terms of. Uh, directed focused efforts to certain regions of the world or countries uh, but but right now the US maybe we're being US centric here right now the US is not uh is not especially receptive the common person in the US to uh that kind of propaganda if they were doing it it feels like it definitely has the ability to be or the capacity to become an intelligence gathering tool and uh uncle sam is super Super worried about it, but uh, right now, right now we don't. I don't know. It seems more likely that if there were a nefarious end uh, or, or an ulterior motive for propagating TikTok, it would be to gather intelligence uh, more so than to win hearts and minds. But I mean, you could do it. Just get people to copy the right dance. You know, right, right, and just to point out, um, the the National Review is a, is a right wing publication, but this is a national story, and we have multiple other sources for this. But uh, from that perspective, um, this is a quote from the article. And I think this is interesting because it's sort of what we were just talking about. In the face of China's threats to the freedom of the world's internet, the Trump administration should be applauded for considering a ban on TikTok. As Chinese censorship, surveillance, and propaganda spread worldwide, the U.S. has a chance to fight back and change the trajectory of the information age for the better. Yeah. I mean, again, it's sort of, uh, if you wanted to be absolutely brutal about it, and a little bit cold, you could say maybe the U.S. or maybe the West in general is not so much upset that 
social media is used for intelligence gathering as they are that someone else is getting the benefits. You know what I mean? Because U.S. didn't, it hasn't raised a big stink about Facebook. It is a really interesting time we're living in where uh, a big move, a big political or almost long game move is to ban a competitive country's tech companies. <laughs> Isn't that oh, weird? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so strange to me that that's a chess move at this point. Um, ban it and then like kind of as we alluded to earlier, introduce your own version of whatever that thing was that was extremely popular. Huh. Because it really could be, or at least has the potential, no matter how minute, to be a way of spying on some other country's citizens. Yeah. What I really appreciate about that point, Matt, is that you're putting into context a larger pattern. We can't forget that there are multiple countries that have said, forget the worldwide internet. We're going to make our own internet. Insert Bender from Futurama joke here. But w w the idea is that we want to, the people in power, the people responsible for making decisions, we want to have vertical control. We want stem to stern, soup to nuts, control of all the capabilities of something. And we definitely don't want back doors in any technology from a foreign source, which is, you know, by the way, uh, the reason that the U.S. wants to be careful about that is because we know people do it because we do it all the time. We're, we're all the protagonists and antagonists at all times, guys. No, 100%. It's interesting uh, to even think about it from that perspective, but you got it. You nailed it, Matt. Um, I think this is a story that we're going to continue looking into uh, and, and seeing as it develops and maybe even do do more on it uh, down the road. But uh, in the meantime, we've got some more strange news coming your way after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we've returned. Let's stay on the Asian continent for our second story today. Uh, as longtime listeners know, several of us, I guess I should just out myself here, have a, uh, have a weird fascination longstanding with uh, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the DPRK, better known as North Korea here in the West. Uh, North Korea is also called the Hermit Kingdom. Uh, it has been in a, a state of unending war officially uh, since the 50s. It is distinct. It's dangerous. Uh, it's, it's a scary place. Uh, and it's also an opaque place. A lot of people have no idea what's really happening on the ground there before the proliferation of very affordable communications technology. It was almost a black box. And we only knew, we being everyone who lives outside of North Korea, we only knew what was going on in there based on reports of defectors that sometimes couldn't be proven or corroborated, uh, or based on very limited human intelligence, uh, relatively limited satellite imaging technology. That's changed now in a globally connected world, but we still don't really know what's going on. And that is why uh, many, many people across the globe now are very concerned about the succession of power in North Korea. North Korea is currently ruled by a guy named Kim Jong-un. We've discussed him in several previous episodes. He is the grandson of Kim Il-sung, who is, uh, who, who is considered the eternal president of the country and was the founder of what we call DPRK today. However... If you'll recall, uh, uh, relatively recently, Kim Jong-un disappeared uh, for some amount of time. And this led to pretty alarmist 
kind of breathless, pearl-clutching reports in the U.S. and in South Korea that he had died, possibly due to COVID-19, possibly due to any number of his health issues, including uh, he's got a bum ticker, apparently. Uh, And then surprise, surprise, he did like a dictator power move. He came back out. At first, we thought maybe it was just a, a, a video that had been archived and they were just trying to maintain stability. But there's something else interesting happening uh, that I thought would bear discussion here. His sister uh, is quickly becoming the favorite to be the next leader of North Korea. Her name is Kim Yo-jong. Uh, and this story I would categorize as a weird flex, guys. Uh, one of the biggest news stories in domestic North Korean media is that Kim Yo-jong Uh, officially got permission from the government to watch the U.S. celebrations of July 4th. Not just for this year, but every year going forward. And this sounds like a small deal to us, but it's a big, big deal there because it's a very propaganda-sensitive country, and July 4th is one of the most propagandistic things that America does. Just like watch? Like on like a feed? Like watch news coverage? Or what are we talking here? DVDs. Wow, that is wild. But I, I just, I, I guess I don't understand because it's on the face, as you said, fully propaganda being exported by the U.S., by any country that's celebrating a day like that of their independence or their founding or something like that. I mean, it's almost like on the face of it, hey, guess what, guys? Everybody, even in the country where we're celebrating, this is kind of propaganda for how great we are. I mean, it's interesting that she would need permission to watch that huh yeah yeah and this is uh this is something that is confirmed by north korean state media which is a real it's real eye-opener to read that stuff uh just the way that it's written it's kind of like they're they're the official messages, it sounds like the person writing them is paid per amount of times they pick up the thesaurus by their keyboard. Uh, but it's really fun read. However, we can't dismiss this just as propaganda because, you know, you have to study the enemy to know the enemy, right? Uh, this also was not a move occurring in a vacuum. Uh, it was Kim Yo-jong, not Kim Jong-un, who just kiboshed the idea of another summit with the United States. He said, no, we don't need it. Uh, mainly, you know, in geopolitical circles, it's, it's pretty clear that uh, the current U.S. administration sees those summits as tremendous PR opportunities and, you know, kind of like a win uh, when it comes to the votes and the elections coming up in November. Uh, but the weird thing is, it seems that Kim Yo-jong is very into the internet because uh, cyber warfare campaigns are picking up at an unprecedented rate. You're not going to see this entire story laid out in a single news article. We had to pull a couple things to get here. Uh, But cyber warfare, asymmetrical warfare online, is like the best move if you are outnumbered in a conventional military. And... We don't know yet. It's still such a secretive regime or a secretive government. We don't know yet what's going to happen. We don't know how long Kim Jong-un is going to last. We don't know if his sister will become the first female leader of the country. Um, 
we don't know if the country is going to collapse, honestly. The signals that we're getting from this are are distressing. They haven't really they're, – they're being mentioned in one-offs in Western news, but I, without making a prediction – I, I would say keep your eye on this country because uh, it's not equipped to handle COVID-19. The populace is aware that there is a, uh, a world where you're less likely to starve just over the border. People are risking life and limb to get out of there. And we're, we may see the collapse of North Korea uh, within our lifetime. Question, um, and, and forgive me if you mentioned this and I, and I missed it. Why? Why does she want to? Is she, is, is she just a younger generation that's fascinated by American culture? Is that what, it, or is there something else to it that I, that I'm missing? I think it's uh, it's again. I think it's studying the enemy. But you raise a good point about fascination with Western culture. It, it's weird because the uh, it's weird because uh, Kim Jong Un was educated at a very posh school in Europe, and he loves U.S. basketball. Uh, he loves American films, uh, you know, culture, I guess you could say culture and war are two of the primary exports of the United States. Uh, and he definitely loves the culture part. So his sister may like that as well. It may just be a, I like to watch the show kind of thing, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see some modeling of, uh, of, U.S. propaganda techniques used in North Korea to great effect. The U.S. is good at propaganda. We do it all the time. Nobody talks about it, but we do it uh, to ourselves. And that's what really hurts, to quote Radiohead. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I would point out, just I, I'm fascinated by the language Kim Yo-jong uses. And... I, I, Tell me what you guys think about this. I'll read a quick quote from this Politico article that we found here. Um, they're, they're talking about reigniting these talks and how the United States, or at least the Trump administration, has been saying that, hey, there's a possibility we're going to get back into these nuclear discussions with the DPRK. And this is what Kim Yo-jong had to say. Quote, assuming that we hold the summit talks now, it is too obvious that it will only be used as boring boasting coming from someone's pride, <laughs> which is really interesting. Like you said, the, um, I think both sides, if you want to call them that, in this kind of exchange are, are very good at what they do when they signal publicly uh, about one or the other. And then she, she continued down the line there within wherever they're quoting from in this Politico article to reference the Christmas gift that was referenced uh, prior to this time by Kim Jong-un about essentially a nuclear weapon that could be sent somewhere fairly close to them uh, on the eve of the elections is what she's referring to here. So like as uh, the Trump administration is going into an election, they are saying, yeah, just remember, we could give you a little nuclear gift on that day if we wanted to. Um, I think it's just fascinating to read the language of this, what do you call it? The back and forth, almost Cold War uh, exchanges that go across the bow here. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's almost like a form of one-upsmanship in some weird way. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very, very close. The phrase is brinksmanship, and it's exactly, it's the same thing. It's basically so much of, so much of uh, international affairs is like, uh, I've used this analogy before. Uh, we've said international affairs is a house party where everybody thought there would be enough beer and uh, snacks to go around, and now they find out there's much less, and they're fighting for it. But in this situation, when people are... Uh, in this situation where there's conflict involved, it's like the world stage is a crowded bar and they're, you know, the, the nations saying they're going to fight are going like, you know, come at me, bro. Come at me. Why'd you bump me? Why'd you bump me, bro? And then uh, they're getting their friends to like hold them back. And they're like, hold me back. China, hold me back. You got my back, right? Okay. Come at me, bro. Christmas gift. What? And uh, this... It, it feels silly, but it but it can be really dangerous. And I know it's um, the reason I wanted to bring this up on on today's show is because we're seeing a lot of reports about horrific things happening in detainment camps in China, in uh, detainment camps here in the U.S. Uh, and we have to remember that these kind of camps have existed for decades and decades in North Korea and. The West knows, the West knew, the West has never interfered beyond, you know, sanctions, often related more to nuclear weaponry than human rights. So at this point, given the instability, I mean, North Korea just let out an official statement admitting that COVID-19 is spreading, and they said stopping COVID-19 is more important than the economy, which is a lesson some other countries could learn, I imagine, uh, some, some people would say. Uh, but keep an eye out for it. It is in a uh, more unstable time than it has been since Kim Jong-il originally took power after the death of Kim Il-sung. But assuming we don't fall into the grips of a global nuclear exchange, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with more strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. What do you What do you say, Matt? It, it falls to you. Uh, you've been telling us off air that we're going to get weird with it. Well, you guys, you know, you come in here with your important articles about global <laughs> news, stuff that actually matters. Well, I got something different for everybody. We're going to read. An article here from a place maybe you didn't expect. The Lot. That's what it's called. The Lot Media Center. This is the Lottery of Australia. And they've got a little place where they put out essentially PR. That's really all this is. It's to let you know, hey, here's a a feel-good story about somebody who won the lottery and you can win too. And you should play the old lottery and all that. Um, But this one struck me just a little bit. Because of the circumstances that led to the winning numbers. So just to quickly go through it, there's a thing called the gold lotto draw in Australia. And, you know, it's a lottery like any other. You pick some numbers, and if those numbers come up, you're going to win some money. Well, there's one woman in Queensland who, you know, did the whole thing. She put some numbers in. She bought a ticket. Or rather, she bought a ticket and put some numbers in. Then she won a million dollars. And she went through and she confirmed it with, you know, the whole lottery company and everything. And this is what she had to say. The numbers came to me in a dream about 15 years ago. That's 15 years. I literally saw them appear one by one, and I've been playing them in that exact order ever since. The numbers have always been good to me. I've always won little amounts over the years, but now this, it's amazing. So my question to you guys, that's really all I've got for a new story. 
Dude, no, this is amazing. What an optimistic and lovely way to wrap the episode. <laughs> I know. But Magic does happen. This is incredible. My, my question to you guys is, do you think there is any realm of possibility, you know, as skeptical as we, we may be, that she in some way was given those numbers either by herself or by some other outside force that predicted that this would happen in some way. Do you guys think there's any realm of possibility that that could have happened? Sure. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm a sure. Yeah. I mean, anything is possible. Uh, I, I, not to be relativistic about it and not to sound dismissive, but I mean, yeah, sure. We have no idea how the human mind works. We are, we, we kind of get the neurochemical stuff. We get that part, right? We've, we've sort of, we've solved the idea of how the gas moves through the engine, but we don't know why there's a car and we don't really know where it came from and where it's going in a cognitive sense. Uh, we also have some tricky statistics here, I would say, not to be too much of a, a Donnie Downer about it, but how many millions of other people have been doing the same thing for decades and maybe they did it their entire life and they got two or three numbers once and they got four even and then they passed away. We're hearing about this story because this is the time that it worked. You know what I mean? That's a really great point. It just happened to work this time, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, what, so the number, it's a pretty complex series of numbers, right? Uh, it's 15, 1, 41, 42, 8, and 45, with supplementary numbers being 20 and 30, which I think you need to get all of those to hit the big one, right? Isn't that right? I honestly don't know exactly. I, I how think so. But works I, I'm not a lottery guy <laughs> myself. Point is, these 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 combinations of numbers are difficult to to hit. You know what I mean? It's like you can't just you know uh, the, the the likelihood of playing the same numbers over and over again and having it randomly hit uh, very it's just very slim. Um, and uh, this is fascinating. Uh, let's see how many times did she play it? Well, she played a lot. Yeah, at least according to her in. You know, you're talking about roughly 15 years. There are around 15 years of play. Um, you're looking at a lot of money that's been spent on that lottery over the years. And the the big question for me, though, is when we're thinking about dreams, and I think we might be due for another episode on dreams. I know we've talked about it several times in the past on this show, um, you know, about seeing shadow people and sleep paralysis and lucid dreaming, a couple of things like that. But it's still, as you, as you mentioned earlier, Ben, an area of our brains and our lives that we still don't have concrete answers on. And, you know, we've had psychologists and psychoanalysts over the years give us like their takes essentially on what they think dreaming is and that act and where we go and what happens um, everyone from Sigmund Freud to Carl Jung to uh, those guys in the 1970s that we've mentioned before, Alan Hobson and Robert uh, McCarley, who talked about dreams being more of a random firing that's occurring rather than, you know, some of the older concepts of it being, you know, us psychologically getting through our sexual desires <laughs> or our more base needs or whatever. Um, 
to me, I, I just wonder if there is more to the the consciousness, the altered consciousness that we go into when we're dreaming. I don't know. I, it makes me want to talk about it more. I, I agree. It's interesting, too, that this happened in Australia, which has, you know, the aboriginal tribes and the uh, the concept of the dreaming or the dream time, um, which is, uh, I don't know, I mean, not, not that they're directly related, but it is certainly a kind of mystical set of beliefs that are wrapped up in this notion uh, of, of the dream time, which we, we actually had Annie Reese on the show to talk about her experiences uh, in Australia um, with some of these tribes. That's correct. There's there's a point you make, Matt, um, that I want to explore a little bit further, at least in today's episode, and we can return to it in a deep dive in the future. It's the definition of consciousness. We don't really have one. We know that we feel like we think, and we know that based on the behavior of others, it seems that they are undergoing the same dubious condition known as sentience. But there was a great uh, there was a great sci-fi story I read recently called The Life Cycle of Software Objects. Uh, without spoiling it, it introduces what I thought was a very good definition of consciousness, which is that we are maybe the the we that we think of when we think, what are we? What am I? Maybe that is not necessarily a single point in the body. Maybe it's not even a single point metaphysically uh, in some dimension or vibration that we cannot understand. Perhaps we are just the, the thing that we think of as ourselves. It's simply a pattern, right? And it molds itself over time. It's a, it's a complex sort of um, Think, think like something like a, a series of opening and closing tubes, but also a mobile, like you would hang over uh, maybe a child's crib. And that, that pattern, that movement, the space between those things, that is as much of a, a part of us as the, the neurons that we can see. We're, it's kind of like the difference between just speed and velocity. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'll just send you this story. Uh, Ted Chang, he does a, he does a better job explaining it here. But the reason I'm bringing that up is that the brain, as I think we said in previous episodes, the brain is at best hardware. The closest analogy we have to a consciousness is software. And since we know that software through hardware can interact with other things, then there's, you know, it's it's not conclusively proven, but it is therefore somewhat naive to assume that the pattern that we think of as consciousness exists in some sort of firewalled location. Our brains are inundated, just like every other part of our bodies, with so many types of energy, radiation, vibration, I don't know, microwaves, how many times you use a cell phone. I mean, even bananas have a little bit of radiation to them. Our brains are awash in things. They do not exist in a vacuum. So therefore, I do not think it is out of the question. I do not think it is unreasonable uh, that our minds could be interacting somehow with something else. Or, you know, maybe her subconscious is just really smart and is telling her this. But but in this case, we're really talking about precognition, right? Somehow, 
if anything, if there was any sand to this, it would be something interacting or herself even interacting to give her information that she'll need 15 years in the future in the hopes that she would record that information and remember it and then use it in the time when it was needed because those numbers aren't going to hit again, at least for a long time. Right. So it's, it's, you know, if there were something to it, you'd have to drill down so deeply. That's the, uh, that's the thing for me. Like, you know, the fact that it even hit in her lifetime, is fascinating with just like how many possibilities and permutations when you're dealing with two digit numbers, you know, I'm no mathematician, but any, any listeners out there, let us know what the odds are uh, for, for, for getting a perfect match on that many uh, in a sequence of two digit numbers. Very, 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 very difficult, probably impossible or, or very difficult for like an algorithm to crack. If let's say you're trying to force your way into someone's computer, you know, login or, you know, there are things that can do forced, you know, they'll just try all these different combinations of numbers in the hopes that they'll eventually get to it. When you deal with, that's if you're dealing with like single digit numbers in a sequence of maybe six or something. These are double digit numbers in a sequence of, I think, five or six. So incredibly difficult to, to hit that just randomly. I don't know, man, I'm with you. I, I, I think, Ben, you did a really good job of sort of bridging the gap between the mystic side of it and the sort of like, you know, just the brain chemical side of it. Um, I, I love this, and I, I think it's a wonderful way to end, the, end our first episode of, uh, of Strange News. Quantum entanglement exists. The existence of precognition uh, necessitates assuming the existence of linear time. And all that we know about time is that so far it seems to move in one direction. But recent science has discovered the rules of the road aren't always the same, especially when we get down to very, very small things. So I ask you then, what is the size of a thought? All right, sorry, that was it. No, that's great. I was just going to point out that you can find the life cycle of software objects on Amazon right now. And... The hardcover version of it is $206. Woo! No, by the short story collection Exhalations, uh, it should be it should be uh, in there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and uh, I think you can get like the full compendium of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, which also uses the idea of the dreaming and dream time and takes a lot of cues from those Aborigine um, myths that we're talking about. Um, so really, really cool stuff here and really great fodder for pop culture. It's been used in science fiction, you know, a lot since like the 80s and continues to be. So uh, really, God, Matt, what a good find. Well, all I'll say is, I've been having a lot of really messed up nightmares lately, and I certainly hope that I don't have any kind of precognitive abilities because I don't want any of those things to come true. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, hope you're having better dreams than me. Uh, write to us. Let us know what you think about all this stuff. Let us know what you've been dreaming about if you're down with that. Uh, we'd certainly be interested to to hear it, especially if you've been predicting something or if something has been resonating deeply within you because uh this whole quarantine situation and all the other things a lot of other things that are going on in the world right now have been leading to some weird disruptions and sleep patterns and and stuff so tell us about what you've been experiencing what you think about everything we've talked about on this episode you can find us on social media we are all over the place 
Right. Uh, Facebook, you can find our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. That's a really nice kind of real-time way to keep up with your fellow conspiracy realists. And uh, we pop in there as well and couldn't couldn't have a better group of folks. Lots of cool conversations and memes. And uh, usually when a new episode drops, the uh, conversation kicks into high gear. Really interested to see what you guys think of this new schedule. I had a great time today, and I hope you all listening did too. Uh, you can also find us on the usual places and social media as Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff show. Uh, if you wish, you can find us as individual people. I am on Instagram at Brown. I'm on Instagram, Matt Frederick underscore iHeart, I think. You can find me on Twitter where I am at Ben Bolin HSW or on Instagram where I am at Ben Bolin. If you are a person who does not care for social media, totally get it. There is pretty solid evidence that uh, social media can have deleterious effects on the mind. Uh, So why not kick it old school? You can give us a call directly where we are one 833 Yeah. I don't think it's happening, guys. <laughs> it was a good effort, though. It was a good hustle. Well, the people, you know, our, our fellow listeners at home are uh, hopefully chanting along or at the very least finding our attempt to chant together endearing, if nothing else. If you don't want to do any of that stuff and you want to just write to us, you know, like we used to in, in, in days of yore, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just 20 $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.